Finding a service solution that helps you keep customers happy can feel impossible. Just like trying to remember the name of that guy you literally just met at a networking event. HubSpot's all-new Service Hub can help, with the service solution part at least. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform, with an AI-powered help desk and chatbot to handle your frontline tickets, so you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. What's going on, everyone? It's Wednesday, June 22nd. I'm Zachary Crockett. I'm sitting here with Rob Litterst. What's up, Zach? And you're listening to The Hustle Daily Show. Okay, so uh, a lot of problems in America right now. Crippling inflation, stocks are down, mortgage rates are up, rent prices are up. But there's another big problem that's roiling the nation. It's a problem we've all had to contend with at one point or another, and nobody seems to know how to address it. Today, we're talking about the lack of public bathrooms. We're going to fill you in on why it's impossible to find one when you got to go and why we've come to rely on private businesses for our bodily functions. But before we get into that, let's fill you in on the latest in business and tech. Mondelez International, the parent company of brands like Oreo, Ritz, and Triscuit, announced it will acquire Cliff Bar for $2.9 billion. That's a big win for the privately owned Cliff Bar and Company. Its founder, Gary Erickson, actually turned down a $120 million acquisition back in 2000 from Quaker Oats. Last week, Amazon announced it would kick off drone delivery in Lockwood, California, and the locals aren't too thrilled about it. Some residents are worried about privacy, claiming drone cameras will be able to see into their backyards. Others think it's simply a solution to a problem that doesn't really exist. At least one guy's excited about it, though. When asked about the pilot run, a local said that the drones would be good target practice. The Washington Post reportedly plans to keep its content management software platform ArcXP, despite recent talks of a sale. Leaders at the company went as far as predicting its software business could be the largest revenue generator for the company in the next five years. That's just media companies doing what they can do to stay afloat in these times. And lastly, the CEO of Rolls-Royce has responded to inflation by giving 14,000 workers a $2,500 bonus and a 4% pay raise. Combined, he says that's going to amount to about a 9% pay raise for 2022, which just about covers the increased cost of living. And that move is going to cost the company around $55 million. In other words, probably the price of one Rolls-Royce vehicle. (laughs) All right, Rob, let's talk bathrooms here. When I think of public restrooms, the first thing I think of is Starbucks. (laughs) We've all been there. But it it sounds like Starbucks may be rethinking their open door policy a little bit here. Yeah, totally. So... I think like one really important detail to mention here is Starbucks is still going to let people use its bathrooms. Hmm. You just have to buy something. So that's kind of like the pervasive philosophy or bathroom policy at most private establishments these days is you go in, you can only use a bathroom as a paying customer, right? Yeah. And Starbucks was kind of like one of the last places that allowed you to do that. And if you remember back in 2018, there was an incident in a Philadelphia Starbucks where two black men were essentially arrested for trespassing while they were waiting for a friend at the Starbucks. And sure. following that, CEO Howard Schultz essentially allowed the bathrooms to serve both paying and non-paying customers. Hmm. So Starbucks was kind of one of these last places where you could reliably go to the bathroom without worrying about picking up a coffee or a croissant or whatever it is that you want. Sure. Okay. So it's not just Starbucks though. There are are a lot of businesses. If we look back historically, 
um, the bathroom has been a very contentious part of private businesses in the United States. A hundred percent. Yeah. So the legacy of private businesses that are kind of known for offering their toilets to the public is very long and interesting. And it goes all the way back to the 19th century. One of the first types of establishments that was known for offering their bathrooms were saloons, right? So bars way back in the day, they were essentially known as places where men would relieve themselves. (laughs) And actually, this is kind of crazy. There were a lot of kind of public health hazards with men going to the bathroom in the streets in American cities. I know that's absolutely disgusting to think about now, but back in the 1800s, before we had plumbing the way that we have now in modern technology, it wasn't a super rare thing to see. Yeah. By the way, I have definitely never peed in the street. Just want to clarify that. (laughs) Same here. Same here. I'm going to wipe my record clean. Saloons essentially installed bathrooms and started to market them as places where men could stop in to go to the bathroom. And when prohibition was coming about, the people that were kind of fighting for prohibition blamed the lack of public bathrooms as a reason that men were turning to drinking because they would essentially have to go into saloons to use the bathroom. And in order to use the bathroom, they would have to buy a drink. So people arguing for prohibition essentially blamed the lack of public restrooms for the alcohol problem. Interesting. Okay. But saloons aren't the only one. So one thing about saloon bathrooms is they weren't super open to women. So there wasn't a ton of kind of gender equality in Mm -hmm. the public restroom space back then, as you could probably guess. So department stores that started coming about in the late 19th century, so late 1800s, realized this and started marketing their public clean bathrooms to women to give them a place to use a public bathroom which is a really big deal back then. And so that was kind of a big part Mm. of their marketing, a big selling point for these department stores. Mm. And then lastly, if you think about gas stations, people think about gas stations as a place to stop and go to the bathroom. Um, With the advent of the automobile, gas stations started building a clean public bathroom as a big selling point for them. Yeah, so these businesses... I mean, for them, bathrooms basically became like a weird loss leader type of thing. Exactly. Where they're building a bathroom to get people in the door, hopefully buy their stuff. Exactly. I I will say I have had a lot of bad luck being able to go to the bathroom at gas stations over the years. Uh, I feel like the (laughs) owners are getting a lot more picky about who they let into the restrooms. A hundred percent. I'm not sure when the uh, gas station bathroom key that's attached to like a huge block of wood or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. not sure when that came about. The 50 pound dumbbell. On the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's some innovation we probably didn't need. All right. So one question I have hearing you talk about this is like, why private businesses in the first place? Like, why can't we have what we all want, which is public restrooms? Yeah. So that's a great question, Zach. And honestly, it has a really interesting answer. So Public restrooms experienced a boom in the early 20th century, partly due to prohibition, which I know I mentioned earlier. So people essentially feared that when they shut down saloons, nobody would have anywhere to go to the bathroom because the saloons were kind of the most reliable place to find a toilet back in that day. Sure. So when public restrooms started experiencing this boom, there was a big push to give this image of really high sanitation standards, right? Mm. And so a lot of these public restrooms are what they called comfort stations back in the day, were built for really high costs. They had really high ceilings. They had ornate tiles. Wow. They were really, really expensive to maintain. These were luxurious public toilets. These came with very high costs. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And so the taxes of this were a huge reason that people would push back on them. And I think that's kind of been kind of the pervasive reason that public bathrooms have faced so much pushback over the years. 
But there are other reasons too. So when you fast forward a little bit to kind of post-World War II America, Americans fled the cities for the suburbs. And with that, a lot of the focus on public bathrooms shifted from urban areas in the city to rest stops kind of on the side of the highway as people were driving more and more. You see the kind of remnants of that today with public restrooms kind of spread throughout different states as you're traveling. The last thing in the 60s and 70s, public restrooms in the city became kind of known for having a reputation for a destination where violence and drug use would happen, right? Hmm. Which led many cities to kind of lock the doors on their bathrooms, shut off access, and of course, kind of stop building public bathrooms to kind of get rid of those risks. Sure. I mean, even today, you know, the, the few public restrooms that exist on the street, some of them are like high tech. They require you to like slide carb through or something or right. pay for them occasionally, pay to pee. Right. You know, this is something that I always talk about with my partner. And uh, this is why I like being in nature. You know, you just go wherever right. the hell you want. Exactly. It's very stressful being in a city sometimes. There's no one judging you. Yeah. So coming back to Starbucks here, what's going on now? So Starbucks is still a viable option, right? So you just have to pay to use their bathroom most likely. And I don't think they've officially announced that they're reverting their policy. I think it's still just speculated, but I think they mentioned that they could. So Starbucks, I think as far as I know right now, still allows anybody to use their bathroom. They're testing the waters a little bit with a uh, change. They're seeing how the public's going to react. Yeah. Exactly. And they're probably going to get some public outcry. Just as a personal anecdote, I can definitely vouch for the uh, New Englanders version of Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin', (laughs) they do not push back on people using their bathrooms at all. I've used a lot of Dunkin' Donuts bathrooms without buying anything in there and have never faced any pushback. It's actually really nice to be able to do that. Like, honestly, it feels pretty rare. Yeah. And from what I hear, you're going to need the bathroom if you go to Dunkin', right? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly why I don't buy anything from there. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. But I do appreciate their kindness there, their generosity. But yeah, I mean, I think a lot of cities and a lot of companies have experimented with kind of innovations in the public restroom space, right? So I think it was in the late aughts, so about 2008, New York revealed this big plan to unleash kind of 20 single-user public toilet pods throughout the city. Hmm. And I believe they only installed five. I'm not sure why the other 15 didn't get installed. But from what I understand, the five that they installed are still up and running and they're doing well. Hmm. There's a company called the Portland Lou, which is based out of Portland, Oregon, which has designed an affordable single-user public toilet that's also been installed in other cities like Denver and Cincinnati and San Antonio. So I can totally see that being a solution down the road. But Yeah, it's a pervasive problem, Zach, without any real clear, easy answers that has been going on for a really long time. You know, we hear a lot about complex policy decisions in Washington and state level politics, but I never thought it would trickle down to bathrooms, man. It just seems like (laughs) such a simple thing to solve, yet so complex. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, man. And really eloquently put with trickle down there, which is exactly (laughs) what happens if you can't find a public bathroom. Trickle down. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, good luck out there, everyone, in your search for the holy toilets in cities across America. That's going to do it for us today. And as always, thanks for tuning in to the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor is Robert Hartwig, and our executive producer is Darren Clark. If you liked what you heard, of course, we've got a lot more tech and business coverage over at thehustle.co. That's .co, not .com. Catch you all tomorrow.